Hi, I'm Sarah Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand, where we take a closer look at this growing desire for true connection between consumers and the companies that they engage with. One of the things I love about the show is I get the chance to talk to people from all different brands, from both established brands and emerging brands. And my guest today is on that emerging brand side of things, and she has really created something very different and unique has a wonderful story to tell about how this all kind of came together. And I think that there are some really interesting things for both emerging and other established brands to learn from her process and from her story. Hollis Matthews is the founder and chief blanket boss of Seek and Swoon. We're going to talk about what that means in a moment. She has a really interesting background, um, including uh, almost 15 to 20 years working with other brands from a designing standpoint to a strategist standpoint, um, and really helping them to find their story as well. And Hollis here with us today to talk about her own business that she started about four and a half years ago and how that all came to be. Hala, welcome to Han Brand. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you and tell this story. I can't, you know, I can't believe it's been four and a half years because I remember when you started this uh, company. But before we get there, uh, tell us a little bit more about your background. How did you kind of get involved in storytelling to begin with? Um, and what's your what's your kind of career history? Yeah, um, so I uh, studied journalism in school. Um, I ended up doing a little PR after school, and then I sort of fell into graphic design work on accident. So I've spent the first um, 10 years of my career as a graphic designer for a local um, grocery store here in Portland. I was creative director there for about nine and a half years. Um, when I was ready to move on from there, I moved on to freelance as a graphic designer. And about the same time, social media was kind of becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. And I took immediate interest. I thought Twitter was just like super interesting because it moved fast. And it was sort of an extension of the work that I was already doing with storytelling, but in a different format. Um, so I uh, was like paying attention to what was going on in social. And I started realizing that my um, graphic design clients could really use this tool. And um, I started pitching social media work to my graphic design clients. And that's kind of how my social media strategy consultancy um, started. So uh, for the past, well, this is actually interesting that you're asking me this now because I, um, on Friday, what, three days ago, um, closed down my consultancy to focus on Seek and Swoon 100%. So up until this last Friday, which is about 11 years, I guess. Um, I've been freelancing as a social media strategist for brands of all sizes, sizes um, startups, um, up through brands that you and I worked on together kind of back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's how we met too. Yeah, I mean, it's really unique too. I mean, I, I you know, consider myself a strategist and storyteller. One of the reasons I was, you know, we're like kindred spirits. I certainly do not have the design aspect. I mean, uh, I can draw stick figures. That's about it. I can make something bold in HTML. Oh, I can draw stick figures too. I am not like I am not an artist in that way whatsoever. <laughs> well, but you you do have. I mean, you definitely have a design aesthetic. It is so clear in the business that you've created. I mean, you know, so you've got this background: designer, creative director, social strategist. Um, 
what do you, let's, before we get into Seek and Soon, tell me just again a little bit more about stories. What do you like about stories? What, what really draws you to creating and crafting and telling stories for others or for yourself? I think that the most interesting thing about stories is that we can all relate to them in some way. Mm -hmm. So especially when you're doing brand work, um, I think the best way to connect to your client or to create interest for your client um, through the consumer is to find what stories they relate to. And when you are a consumer and you can relate to a brand story, it's more likely you're going to remember them. So, um, I mean, we've all grown up enjoying stories. We've enjoyed stories that, you know, our parents have told, our grandparents have told. Stories are memorable, regardless of whether you lived through them or somebody else lived through them. So it makes sense that when you're working with a company and helping telling their story, that you create stories that consumers can relate to. Um, so, you know, I've always been interested in storytelling, whether it be through visuals or social media or whatever it is. And I think the work that I've done has always been storytelling to some degree. You know, I started out in PR, I moved to graphic design, I moved to social media. So all of these steps that I've taken have been about storytelling in some way. That's a great segue into getting into the Seek and Swim story, because I love this story. Um, I want you to tell this story. So take us back. I believe this all started to brew around 2015. Yes. Okay, well, take, take us through it. Yeah, so I've always wanted to, like, I've always been intrigued by starting businesses, mm -hmm. creating something from scratch. Um, and, you know, I'd been freelancing for, you know, eight, nine years or so. And I knew that I was ready to do something new and different. I just wasn't quite sure what it was. And I've had lots of business ideas over the years. But those ideas, even though they might have been successful, they just weren't quite the right fit for me. So I was kind of at this place where I wanted to do something new and different. I just wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, so in 2015, my husband and I took um, a two month sabbatical to Europe. And with our kids who were at the time two and a half and almost five, um, we were both freelancing and decided we were just going to kind of close down for a couple months and do some traveling. So we set off on this big adventure. We were in, I think, five different countries over the course of a couple months. And when I got back from this trip, I really was ready to pivot. And I kind of sat down like literally and made a list of all of the things that I really was passionate about, all of the things I enjoyed, all the things that I thought I was good at. And I tried to kind of create something from this list. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this now, it better be intentional. It better be something that I really love. It better be something that I can like do going forward. Um, and so I, yeah, I just took a hard look at all of these things and tried to kind of build something from these lists. And it happened to be that, you know, my favorite things were travel, sustainability was something I was, you know, really into and felt um, passionate about. Um, I love home goods and things that like you can collect. Um, and I was actually putting away a baby blanket that my son had grown out of. And I was, it was kind of like the first blanket that we bought for him. And I was putting it in storage. I was folding it up, putting it in this bin. And I was like, it's sort of interesting because this is a blank canvas for 
design in general, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe I want to design blankets. <laughs> Even though I knew nothing about textiles, I knew nothing about the industry, I knew nothing about home decor. Um, so I started doing some research into designing and creating knit blankets. And I became more and more intrigued by this idea. And kind of back to your storytelling question, one of the things that I knew I needed to incorporate into this business if I was going to make it happen was some sort of story. Mm -hmm. And it needed to be a story that I connected to, but also a story that consumers could connect to as well. And so I decided that I was going to design these throws inspired by places that I'd traveled. I think travel is aspirational. It's, you know, something we all think about doing, whether it be a trip down the highway to a trip across the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I came up with this idea to design throws inspired by places that I traveled. And so that's kind of how Seek and Swoon came to be. Gosh, I love that. There, there's so much there too. And th I think it really for, it hits a lot of marks for me personally, because the passion is there. It's very intent. There's a lot of intent and purpose. You're marrying that experience too of mm -hmm. taking that sabbatical, which by the way, with the kids were two and a half and five at the time, <laughs> I can barely get myself through like <laughs> a domestic trip, let alone a European two month trip. So we should just stop and give you an award. <laughs> right now you and your like your partner an award for that I mean that's that's remarkable but what a great experience I mean you're never going to forget that um, yeah. where did the name come from oh the name well you know as a marketer and a, even a um, creative person that naming a company or naming anything is kind of a big strenuous like yeah. I don't know it's a stressful process for me especially something that I'm very close to um it took me a long time to come up with the name and it was a lot of lists, lists of words upon words upon words, um, literal words, mm -hmm. non-literal words. I just kept going and going and going. And um, I landed on Seek and Swoon because to me, this business and the process of traveling, the process of choosing something that you love for your home is about like looking and then just really embracing it and loving it. So that's kind of like the seeking and swooning part. So it's like, I'm seeking adventure. I'm seeking a nice piece of home decor or a cuddly blanket. I'm going to add to my home. I want it to be the perfect thing. And then I'm just going to like love on it. <laughs> so that's what, that's how the name came to be. I love I love that I and of course as a writer I love the alliteration of <laughs> Seek and Swoon as well. Uh, I dressed today inspired by this idea of the blanket, the throw, and the coziness for those watching versus listening in my own kind of uh, cozy white sweater here. I did that very intentionally <laughs> today. Um, I love it. <laughs> I would love to hear about the craftsmanship of the blankets and the throws that you do make. Can you tell us about that, including? Um, you know, how you kind of figured out how and where to do this. And I'd love for you to touch on the materials that you use to make these blankets and throws as well. Yeah. So um, they're made on large knitting machines, not by hand. Um, there are only a handful of mills across the country that even make these types of throws anymore that are able to. Um, and I knew that they existed because I, there are other companies that make similar throws. Um, so I Google searched uh, for days and days and days and created a list of mills. 
And I just emailed every single one of them and, you know, sent them photos to find out if um, they were able to make my blankets. Um, I narrowed it down to about five and I started um, testing with two. So I sent them just a design that I created and I had them create a blanket and ship it to me. And they weren't quite right. It wasn't what I was looking for. I had not found my mill. Um, so I actually put the project away for, I don't know, maybe three, four months because I was frustrated. I mean, I'm not going to have a business if I don't have a mill that can make my throws, right? <laughs> um, so I put it away for a while and I was laying on the couch one day with a blanket and was like, you know what? I'm still super intrigued by this. I know that there's a solution. And that's kind of how I function in general. Like, if I can't find an answer, I know that it's out there. I just have to figure out where it is. Um, so I picked the project back up again. And I was like, maybe I need to approach this from a different angle. If I can't find the mill that makes the blanket, maybe I should figure out what type of equipment the blanket is made on and hunt the equipment down. So I once again researched and found out there are two manufacturers of the machinery that make the blankets. And I emailed both of those manufacturers to see if they knew of any mills nearby that were making textiles. And through a long chain of events <laughs> and talking to a lot of different people, I was introduced to a gentleman who um, used to sell machines for one of these companies. He's now retired and he's like a consultant. And I was introduced to this gentleman and I wrote him and he told me he had a mill that he thought could work with me. And he introduced me to the mill that I actually am partnering with now. And they're a small family operated mill um, and they have been awesome. And so, you know, I didn't like find them through a straight line, but I because I knew that they were out there, I tried to figure out another way to track them down, which is what happened. Um, the yarn used in my throws is recycled yarn. Um, it's mostly recycled yarn. There's a little recycled polyester. So uh, scraps are collected from the cutting room floors of apparel factories. And typically they're gathered up and thrown into the landfill. But in some cases, they're gathered up and broken down and refiberized back into new yarn. And that's the yarn that's used for my blankets. Wow, that's so fascinating. Okay, I love this. So you kind of reverse engineered, right, to figure oh. out what to do. You also mentioned just now and at the beginning, too, you know, I didn't know anything about this industry. I knew I had a love for X, Y, Z, but you yeah. didn't really know how to do it. And you, I love this. It's like, you know, the University of Google, um, which is where my degrees are all from, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, well, and you uh, know well that, I, yeah, my medical well, degree is from say, WebMD and my <laughs> law degree is from the University of Dick Wolf, since I've seen like every episode of our, <laughs> I don't think that qualifies me to go to court or be a doctor, um, but I love how you figured out how to do this. And I, I'm curious if your background prior to this as a consultant, as strategist, the creative director and designer... I got to imagine sometimes you had you had projects or clients where maybe you didn't know a lot about the brand or the industry and had to do research. Is that fair to say? Do you think that that influenced kind of your some of your approaches to your own business? I think so. But more or less, I feel like I've always been this person that um, knew that if I couldn't figure out the answer, I just mm -hmm. needed to like keep digging. 
you know, I knew that somebody in a certain part of the country made these blankets. I knew that that company existed. I knew there was a mill there through a bunch of research that existed. And I just had to figure out where they were. So I think, I think more than that, it's just me being, you know, a little bit, um, like I dig and dig until I figure out what the answer is. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you, you, I've always, you're very curious, you're hungry and you're driven. And I think I would guess that a lot of entrepreneurs would say all necessary elements of yeah. being an entrepreneur. Were there, were there influences though, from your work as a consultant? Like were there things that you learned from working on other brands that you either decided you did want to do with your own or didn't want to do with your own? Um, I think that I knew that I needed to figure out my story and tell it in a strong way. Um, and you know, this is being a storyteller and working in marketing for so many years that, um, I knew I had to create a story that people connected to. And we kind of talked about that earlier. Um, so I knew I had to focus on that and I knew I had to focus on creating a product that was unique, right? Like other people are making throws like this, but how can I stand out from the, like, how can I be more than a blanket? Like, it sounds kind of silly, right? I'm selling a blanket. It's not $29.99. If I want people to pay the price point that, um, my blanket sits at and it's because it's made in the US. It's because it's made from certain fabrics, right? Um, mm -hmm. I need to figure out a way to connect to them. I need to stand out from everyone else in some way. And so storytelling was, you know, always a big part of Seek and Swoon. And I think that the brands that I remember are the ones that have stories to tell. Because when you think about it, the story is actually almost more memorable than the product itself at times. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I focused on that and I leaned on that a lot. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. I think, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's also important to know what your story is versus like mimicking somebody else's. We see that a lot with other businesses sort of like, Oh, I'm going to do what they're doing versus figuring out who I am. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned um, how you connect with the consumer. Talk to me a little bit about your consumer. Who, who was there at the beginning? How has that evolved? Um, who are you engaging with and interacting with? Yeah, my, uh, my customer is mostly women. Um, women who care about um, design. I think women who want to support small business. I mean, because... I just, you know, I don't have any employees still. So it's just me. I'm pretty much doing everything. I've contracted out certain things, but for the most part, it's just me. And I'm the direct, um, like I'm the person who deals with customer service. I'm the person who posts on social media. And I've gotten to know a lot of my customers personally, which has been really fun. Um, so they are people who care about supporting small business, really. They're people who want to invest in something that has a bigger like purpose or meaning, I think. Um, I mean, I have customers who bought five and six and seven blankets, <laughs> which like blows my mind still, but it's gotta be more than just like, 
this is a blanket that I want to cuddle up on the couch with. Like there needs to be like, there's got to be something else that they are driven by. And I think part of it is like my connection to them. Part of it is the quality of the product, the story behind the product, all of these things. And so I think my customer cares about those things. A lot of my customers give blankets as gifts. And I think there's something to be said for like giving a gift that you can tell a story about. Like for instance, because my blankets are inspired by places I've traveled, I have people giving them as gifts, um, like to someone who has been on a honeymoon someplace specific that's been you know, inspiring one of my throws. Um, so it's like, here's a present, but let me tell you the story behind the present. So I think my customer are people who care about those things. I think your customer is very reflective of what we're seeing um, this shift and it was yeah. happening before 2020, you know, um, yes. I, I think there was, you know, an acceleration over the last year because mm -hmm. of 2020. I, I'd be remiss not to ask you about the impact of the last year. Now you started, um, I know that you've had partnerships in addition to kind of direct e-commerce as well, but you know, is there, what were some takeaways from this last year for you? What was the impact to your business? You had already had a few years under your belt and then what? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I almost, um, I'm a little shy to answer it and I'll tell you why. Um, so first of all, in 2020, in the early summer, I started online marketing advertising and mm -hmm it was a really good move for me and it really started to move things forward for me quickly. And so the pandemic had already started. And what I saw right after I launched online advertising was um, a big shift in my business in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So my business grew a lot in 2020. And this is why I hesitate to talk about that question because in a time when so many businesses struggled and didn't even survive, it's, you know, it's um, a double-edged sword for me, right? Like, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have grown Seek and Swim last year. But then again, I know so many businesses didn't make it. And so, um, and I have a lot of um, small business colleagues that um, did great. And I know a lot that didn't. Um, so I just want to put that out there first. Um, so yeah, my business grew a lot in 2020. I think that what I saw was people were not able to spend celebrations with their family and friends. So they were buying gifts online and shipping. Um, and I think that's very much why my business grew last year. Um, they, you know, wanted to send gifts that were meaningful, um, that there was purpose. Uh, so I think my throws kind of stood out in a way and kind of met the need of the consumer in 2020. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a mindful thing for you to the way that you framed that. Um, I think it is mindful because a lot of businesses didn't make it. I do think that there's a difference between, uh, we saw some things over the past year where that felt opportunistic versus, um, you know, just opportunity. And when I, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, I work with both emerging and established brands. And what I saw was sort of this, uh, there were kind of these comfort and critical needs and some mm -hmm. had both, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and again, sometimes we saw with different businesses, they had already, they didn't, none of us knew that this was going to happen, right. but they yeah. had already, they, what they, what we did know was there was a shift to customer experience being almost more important than product and price. And you said it yourself because 
I feel like, you know, people are connected with the story behind mm -hmm. the blankets themselves as much as the physical product. And they are willing maybe to pay X or Y price point because of that story, because it's about their experience and connection with them. So I, that's what I love about, you know, um, the, what you've built and it's from a very true, authentic and organic place. Is there anything else that you would recommend uh, to entrepreneurs to keep in mind as they consider building their own businesses? Um, I think that uh, ensuring that, you know, we hear a lot about um, making sure that we start businesses that we're passionate about. And I think there's some truth to that, but I think we can build that passion on our own. So I think finding something that you enjoy and that will sustain you in terms of like, keep your interest in the long run, I guess. Um, I think that's really important. Um, I think finding a way that you connect to your company and your product and your brand for the long haul, you know, like I'm always going to want to travel probably. So I'm always going to have blankets to create. Um, so my business fuels my passion and my passion fuels my business. Um, you know, one of the reasons I started Seek and Swoon as well was because I wanted to create something that would allow us to travel more, maybe move abroad at some point. Um, so that was always like one of the goals of creating a new company was, is this laddering back to my goal at the end of the day, which is to see the world and show my kids. Right. Um, so I think creating like North star at the start of your company and making sure that you're always moving towards that North star. I don't think you can go wrong. Right. And surrounding yourself by people who will support that journey, um, cause even though I'm doing this by myself, my husband is so supportive. My friends and family were my first customers, you know, you, you know, talking about me and what I'm doing, like surround yourself by people who will support you and don't be afraid to ask for support and put yourself out there. Like doing podcasts is not really my comfort zone, but I know, <laughs> but I know that doing things like this is good for me. It's good for my brand, but it's also, I think, inspiring for other people. And I, one of the, one of the reasons that I created Seek and Swoon was because, or one of the, um, one of the things that allowed me to like pull the trigger, um, was that I listened to other small business owners tell their stories. And I think, you know, pulling the trigger is the absolute hardest part. I had written 20 business plans over the past 20 years, and I'd never done anything about it. And so I think my inspiration was really hearing the stories of moms in a small town who decided to just go for it, you know, or somebody fresh out of college who didn't have much money, but who had this idea. And so, you know, for me, um, hearing stories from other people who had done the same thing was super helpful. And I think that that's something that anyone who's wanting to do something like this should embrace is listening to stories from people that are kind of coming from their same place. I think that's fantastic advice. And it, it does uh, lead me into, you kind of started to answer this of who has inspired and influenced you 
Um, certainly other entrepreneurs, uh, merging brands, small business owners, uh, anything specific that comes to mind or anything that you would add to that in terms of your influences and inspiration? I mean, my mom, who is mm -hmm. not with us anymore as of a few years ago, but my mom was a piano teacher and she did everything sort of on her own. So she always worked for herself. Um, and I think this sort of idea that I talked about earlier of like always knowing there was a solution out there. That's how my family always was when I was a kid. It's like if something broke, they'd fix it on their own. We didn't have people coming and like fixing things at our house unless it was like crucial. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, I'm inspired to be a uh, problem solver, which any business owner is absolutely a problem solver. I'm a problem solver because that's how I saw my parents operate when I was a kid. If there was a problem, they didn't call someone for help. They just figured out how to do it on their own. So I think being around problem solvers, which was my family, um, is a huge inspiration in being an entrepreneur because I'm constantly having to figure out solutions, especially since I'm still operating by myself. I don't really have like someone sitting next to me. I'm like asking their opinion, right? Um, I think I'm just um, programmed to like figure out solutions on my own. So I would say my family for sure. Um, I think you're, that's so, so important. Um, and I can definitely relate to that. Something else that you just kind of brought it back to is you said you wear all the hats, you know? Um, so you um, yeah. customer service, you know, operations. I find that to be fascinating. And again, these are things I think that whatever size your company and whether you've been here for 40 years, 70 years or four days, you can learn from that. I know, you know, the work that we do and our partnerships, we are a full provider. You know, we are there for every stage of the customer journey from, do you know who we are to becoming a part of us, to supporting, to advocating for us. And what you have done, because you've kind of had to do it as your own entrepreneur, kind of sole proprietor, is wear all the hats. But I think that that's going to poise you for even continued success as these different divisions grow, because it won't be siloed. It'll be very um, a, kind of an ecosystem. And that's something I think that everybody can kind of take a page from. Um, to kind of wrap things up, uh, tell us what's next uh, for Seek and Swoon. What's, what's sort of on deck for the year ahead and, and where do you hope things go? Uh, gosh, <laughs> as much as I might seem like I have everything together, I like don't have a big uh, roadmap with that being said. Um, I'm designing new blankets which is always happening. Hmm. Um, I am maybe creating some new products, sort of. Um, I'm hoping to partner with more companies on bigger projects. So I've done some hotel projects and I would love to do more of those. And I know now with COVID and travel, like hotels aren't doing very big projects, um, but I am in the midst of a couple of those and I've done some in the past. I wanna continue to work with companies like that. Um, corporate giving, I did some, so what happened during COVID is a lot of big companies realized they weren't having Christmas parties and they were like, ah, how do, like, what are we going to do for our employees? We want to send them something nice. And so kind of at the last minute, I got bombarded with, um, some inquiries from bigger companies that wanted to create custom throws for their employees. And I was only able to fulfill a couple of those actually, um, so I want to be prepared to fulfill more of those and be more proactive in um, maybe even finding some of those customers. 
Um, but otherwise, I just like to start designing or I just like to keep designing and selling blankets, really. Mm -hmm. Like um, I'm pretty comfortable with how things are going. Like I said, I grew a lot last year. And if I doubled or tripled business again this year, that would be pretty great. And I would just, um, you know, work with it as it came. I know I can't do this forever by myself. I'm totally aware, aware of that. Um, I don't think my husband would really be on board with that. Either. <laughs> but I have brought people on to do the things that make the most sense for me. So, you know, I have an accountant, I have digital advertising. I've recently hired some people to do email marketing for me. So as I get to the place where I can afford it and where it makes sense for me to let go, I have let go of those things little by little. And I just think I'm going to keep having to do that. Um, I probably can't always do customer service, but mm -hmm. that's going to be hard for me to let go of because I feel like that's how I stay connected to my customer, really. Um, so I think I'm just going to keep growing as much as I can and keep hopefully making the right decisions along the way. And yeah, that's the plan. You've certainly made some fantastic ones to get you where you are. And I think, you know, you have partnered with other people to help pick up other pieces. I can certainly relate to that because that's my whole dynamic with our brand partners. And, you know, trust is key because yes. they're giving me the keys to their car. It's their baby. And we're representing, we are serving as an extension of that brand. And, you know, not everybody understands um, how to do that. So it sounds like you've been making fantastic choices along the way. I am blown away. <laughs> Love also. I didn't really come back to it, but Chief Blanket Boss. I mean, that's might be the best title I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's so, but it's see, it's so passionate, it's so personal, it's very, it's very true to your brand. So, Hala, thank you so much for your thank time. You. So much to learn from this fantastic story. Um, I hope I get to travel with you at some point. Yes. I'm going to invite myself along. I'm going yes. to, we're going to do research. Let's together. make it happen. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always down for, you know, going yeah, anywhere. Look, things are changing. Things are shifting. All of that stuff will come back maybe in a little bit of a different way. But um, I think there's so much for others to learn from what you've done here. So thank you for sharing your insights and this inspiring story. Thanks for having me.